Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Another beautiful summer Sunday. <laughs> we were uh, looking at dates to schedule, reschedule our baptism because we've had, this is our third Sunday in a row now where, you know, we've, we've had some weather complexities, let's say it that way. But I looked at the weather report for next Sunday and it says 82 and sunny. So Jesus, please, I don't want to go in that water if it's a day like today. <laughs> It'll be freezing, but I'll do it for people to get baptized. Well, again, we have a baptism service a next Sunday and a church picnic, which gives me an opportunity to, to preach on baptism one more time. And so as Ian mentioned, to start the service, we're going to look at three scriptural reasons to consider baptism today. And we're going to, there are three Greek words in the New Testament used for baptism. And for those who don't know, the New Testament was originally written in Greek and then later translated into English. And there, but there are three Greek New Testament words that are used, and they appear over a hundred times in the New Testament. And the words are, words, Greek words are baptizo, baptisma, and baptismos. And over a hundred times in the New Testament, those words are used, which show us that baptism is clearly an important theme in scripture. So we're going to dig in a little and look at three scriptural reasons to consider baptism. And the first reason to consider baptism is a real simple one. Jesus told us to. That's a really good reason to consider baptism is that Jesus told us to. And Ian referenced this passage in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, which is the great commission. Jesus said this, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. And so this, these were the last words that Jesus said to his friends before he ascended into heaven. And so our last words usually carry significant weight. When you, when you say goodbye to somebody, it's the last thing you say to them and you love them and you care about them and you, you have one chance to communicate what you wanna share. Those words usually are weighty. And so these are Jesus' final words to his friends, and he's communicating, he chooses to communicate the significant role that baptism has in a disciple's journey, in a believer's walk. And his followers took it seriously. We, we read in the book of Acts, chapter 2, after Jesus ascended to heaven, Peter is, is, is preaching, and there's thousands of people listening, and it says that they're all cut to the heart, and so they asked Peter, what are we supposed to do? What's the next step? And Peter tells them this, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus. And so they took it seriously. In fact, we're told in that same chapter, 3,000 people were baptized that day. Now, I don't know if we're going to have 3,000 people next week to baptize. <laughs> that would be really cool if we did. It would be all day. I would get time and a half, I'm sure, if that were to happen. But 3,000 people were baptized and added to the church that day. And so if the disciples took it seriously in the early church, then that's, that's something that we have to consider as well. We have to consider this commission to be baptized that Jesus gave us. Okay, here's the second reason to consider baptism. And again, it's a, it's, 
a straightforward one. Jesus himself was baptized. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 says this. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Verse 15, but Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And so a question we have to ask ourselves is why was Jesus baptized? And what we find is that throughout Jewish history, baptism served one of three purposes. There was three purposes for baptism. The first purpose was to demonstrate repentance. And and, and it was a burying of the old and, and becoming new. And that's what John the Baptist was doing, right? He was using baptism to demonstrate what repentance looks like. And so John was preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he was baptizing people. He was dunking them under the water, which was a water grave, like which represents death and burial, and then lifting them up out of the water, which represents new life and resurrection and, and forgiveness. And so the first reason back in Jesus' time for baptism was to demonstrate repentance. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't need to repent because he was sinless. He was selfless, right? So he wasn't getting baptized to repent. So that's, that's the first point. The second reason for baptism in Jewish history was if you were, if someone was going to convert to Judaism, they would be baptized. And so if you were a a Gentile or a non-Jew and you wanted to convert to Judaism, you would go through a baptism. And that was a conversion baptism, a conversion experience. But we, but we know that Jesus was already Jewish. And so he wasn't converting to Judaism. And the third reason for baptism in Jewish history was preparing priests for ministry. And so in the Old Testament, they had a Jewish temple and outside of of the tabernacle itself, they would have this big bronze tub and it was called the laver. And a priest, before going into the tabernacle to perform his priestly function, his priestly ministry, he would have to wash himself with the water from that laver. And so before priests could minister, they had to go through this washing. And so when Jesus tells John the Baptist, we must carry out all that God requires, Jesus is essentially saying, this needs to happen before I begin my ministry. And so Jesus was baptized like like the Old Testament Jewish priest before ministering. And, And the question we have to ask ourselves is, okay, I'm not Jesus. I'm not an Old Testament Jewish priest. So what, what does baptism have to do with, with me? I, I'm, I'm not a priest. Well, the New Testament says that we are. There's a verse in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 9. I think this is on your handout, this passage. It says this, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. And so Peter's writing to the church here, and he says, you are a chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others 
the goodness of God. See, that's what that's the priestly role. Like what priests do is they mediate between God and man. What priests do is they show others the goodness of God. And so Peter here is is imploring these Christians that hey, you are a chosen nation. You are royal priests. God's very own possession and you get to show others the goodness of God. And so In some theological circles, this passage of scripture is known as something called the priesthood of all believers. Has anybody heard that term before? The priesthood of all believers, which which simply means that God invites every believer into a sort of priesthood, that we all get to participate in God's good work. We all get to participate in showing others the goodness of God. And so if Jesus saw baptism as a necessary response before stepping into his ministry. Because remember, when Jesus was baptized, he didn't start his ministry yet. He was a 30-year-old carpenter. And when he was baptized, after his baptism, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, where he, he fasts and he's tempted by the devil. And then he starts his ministry. It's after his baptism. And Jesus says, no, baptism's important. I, we have to do this. And so if Jesus thought that about baptism, that, that means perhaps you and I, as people who are aspiring to follow Jesus, right, if we want to minister to our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, if we want to show them the goodness of God, if we, if we want to uh, be, participate in God's good work, then, then maybe baptism is something we should also consider. All right, one last scriptural reason I want to give you to consider baptism. And I'm going to read Romans chapter 6, verse 3 through five. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And so here's the third, my third and final reason for us to consider baptism is that baptism is a way for you and I to publicly identify with Christ in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection. And I would argue, in fact, that public identification with Jesus is at the heart of baptism. It's at the very heart of baptism. When somebody in the early church was baptized, they were making a declaration that, hey, I'm identifying as a Christian. And, and it came with some consequences. It could mean being shunned by society back then. It could mean being ostracized by your family back in this time. Even, even led to torture and death in some instances in the early church. If you identified as a Christian, you were putting your life on the line. And so baptism was this public declaration of, of identifying yourself with Jesus. Now, we don't face those same obstacles to baptism today, but this public component remains the same. See, I, I believe this, that, that faith in Jesus was never and is never meant to be private. Now, it's supposed to be personal. Like our relationship with Jesus, our, our faith in Jesus is deeply personal, but it's not private. Now, I need to qualify that statement because by saying that, I'm not suggesting this gives us Christians license to be inconsiderate or rude or forceful or loud or obnoxious because all those things damage the gospel, right? But when we go public with our faith in Jesus in a gracious, loving, courteous, thoughtful manner, 
It's a witness to the world. And those were called to love. And so baptism, we're told, in Scripture is one of the chief ways we do that. It's one of the chief ways that we publicly identify with Christ. It's where we go public with our faith and say, yes, I'm identifying myself as a follower of Jesus. And, and another way to say that is baptism is this outward expression of an inward decision, right? So I have this ring on my finger. It's, it's my wedding ring. And this is a symbol of something. It's a symbol of something that happened to me 25 years ago when I pledged my life to my wife, Michelle. I, I gave my, my life to her. And so this ring is a way that I publicly declare that commitment, right? Something happened to me. I put this ring on to seal it. And now this, this ring is a public declaration of my commitment. It, it communicates that I'm not my own. I belong to somebody else. It gives direction to my life, momentum to my life. It, it keeps me grounded in many ways. And baptism is, is much like that. It's, it's like putting on a wedding ring. It, it, re, it reminds us all that we've pledged our lives to Jesus, that we're not our own, that we belong to another. And it gives us direction. It gives us momentum. It keeps us grounded in our faith. And so it's a powerful symbol, right? Baptism is like this wedding ring. It's a powerful symbol of being joined with Jesus. And so to, just to recap these three reasons to consider baptism, one, Jesus told us to do it. Part of the Great Commission, his last words, that's a really good reason to consider baptism. The second reason to consider baptism, Jesus himself was baptized. Again, another really good reason. If we're going to endeavor to follow Jesus and follow the way of Jesus and follow him and follow his teachings, then, then we have to consider baptism. And then thirdly, it's a, it's a way to publicly identify with Christ. Now, I just want to share one more quick thing about baptism before I close. And, and that is that one of the questions I get asked often as a pastor is, hey, I was baptized as an infant. Is it appropriate for me to get baptized as an adult? And my response to them is always that I was baptized twice, once as an infant in the Roman Catholic Church. I don't remember that baptism. I don't remember being asked about it. It was just one of those things where I was brought to and baptized. And in many ways, that was more about a declaration of my parents' faith than my own, right? Because I'm, I'm an infant. I don't know what's happening. But my parents were in faith dedicating me to the Lord. And so when I became an adult, when I became a teenager, I decided I want to be baptized because I want to personally respond to the invitation to follow Jesus. And so I was baptized again. And so if you're baptized as an infant and you're wondering if it's appropriate to be baptized again as an adult, it is. Yes, it is. And maybe you have other questions about baptism. If you do, please come and talk with me. I'd love to uh, talk with you more about it and hopefully answer any questions you might have. Again, next week, I know of four folks that are definitely being baptized. We're hoping for a bunch more to respond this week. I've done baptism services like this at the lake ever since we started our church. And every time we have a baptism service, there's always people that morning who find the courage and confidence and boldness. Be like, okay, I'm ready to go in the water. I have... I'm not dressed for it, but I'm ready to go. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. What's the worst could happen? You get wet like today. But folks, if you already have been baptized, pray. Pray with me for this week as we head into this uh, baptism service next week that um, folks really have a, uh, a special 
time when they go into the waters of baptism, and we get to celebrate that with them. So be praying uh, with us as we head into that week. listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.